of Below the Dot Podcast, where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi and the Next Generation every Throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I am your co-host, Terry McGregor. And I am your other host, Chris Sharp. And today we are recapping Season 5, Episode 17, titled Total Eclipse of the Heart. But before we get into that, we'll get into some trivia for Terry. I have my four questions tonight. What club do the grade 12 oh, is it twins something twins and tweens. <laughs> it starts with a t okay so they go to it i believe it's a gay club if that mm-hmm. helps yes still don't know it. i just it know was it a nice little pun the other team the other team Hmm. i don't know why i didn't hear that when Paige said it I'm so screaming. my next question it's all right <laughs> When does Liberty's schedule say that she'll be home? It's a time of day. Uh, dang it. 3 p.m.? 5 p.m. Oh, my God, girl. Where are the adoptive parents moving to? Seattle. Yay! (laughs) And what book did Ellie finally finish reading? Oh, hell. Oh my god, I remember them talking about the plot. I have no clue what the fucking name is. I don't even want to say it. <laughs> J- Jane Eyre? Eyre? Sure. I don't I remember what she remember says. Said it. Yeah, I just remember Mark E-Y-R-E. And I'm sorry, reading is not my forte. Okay, <laughs> leave me alone. That says Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess you got a 25% this week. Jeez. You go, girl. It's like, come on. Um, I don't have anything for typically, though. I'll have to look something up, though. Now it's slipping me what it was. Um, well, I can just go on a rant really quickly and say that I was trying to go to the Drake concert, uh, when he came to my city and I like waited till the day of to get tickets. Cause like, that's like the hack, right? The show started at eight. I went on the ticket website at eight. It was still $300 for nosebleeds. And I need to know why y'all are doing that. I saw Drake for $25 at a local venue when I was in high school. So I really have a problem spending $300 on tickets. That's wild. I, yeah, I, I you you probably already know that I don't fuck with concerts for that reason exactly. Yeah, like it's it's highway robbery. It's actually nasty work, and it's wild because I got a ticket or like I found a ticket that was two hundred dollars. I was like, okay, that's not bad, bitch. I hit submit, like about to submit payment, a hundred dollars in fees, literally, like delivery fees. Even though it was an electronic delivery, and like eighty dollars worth of other fees on top of it already being a resale ticket. So. Okay, I just want to say that I got distracted myself. I was listening to your story. But I distracted myself and being like, why do we say it's highway robbery? <laughs> In the 16th century, during the times of the famous William Shakespeare, it was customary that travelers on roads were not quite safe from the robbers on highways who took lots of money from these travelers. Because I thought, who is getting robbed on a highway? You're on driving highway. at 60 miles per hour. But I guess if you were on a horse and a buggy. Oh, okay. That actually makes a lot of sense because it doesn't matter. 
But yeah, screw Drake and his ticket prices. And everybody else, yeah. for that matter. And, you know, screw Ticketmaster. Yeah, honestly, down with them, first and foremost. But that shit got me hot because, bitch, I was trying to go see Drake. So I don't have any tidbits, but I do have lost files or comments from last week's episode that I didn't get to <laughs> that I was like, hey, let's bring it up now. Um, first, the actor who played Toby, whose name was like Jake's Goldsby or something, shared that I believe he said he didn't get any royalties from mm-hmm. his time on Degrassi, which, I mean, honestly, I don't know what I would expect. Or no, yeah. they don't get any residuals from the streaming services. So, like, they just make continue to make money off of this show. Somebody out here is making a lot of money off Someone of this. Someone has to be. They're playing it everywhere now. And the artists that are on it are getting nothing from it, which is just wild to me and is exactly the problem why everybody's like, this is bullshit. Um, right. And, yeah, it just makes me think. I mean, everyone, and then everyone always says, well, you should check that contract. If everyone's getting screwed, I think the contract isn't the problem. It's the exploitation being standard Mm -hmm. practice. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is, like, that's wild to think about because if any of those actors, which a lot of them did, they went on to act afterwards. So, like, their fame came from Degrassi. So it's, like, you you could possibly get, like, other gigs from it if you were still going to act. But you're not even getting paid from the time you're on Degrassi and it's such a big show where it's, like, I'm sure someone would pick someone up that was on Degrassi. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like... That show has just, it has gone on for so long and it shows in so many places and it has opened a lot of doors. It's just very right. wild that you could be the face of Degrassi and so many people still associate you, it with with you or you with it, but nothing's going into your pockets, which mm-hmm. really kind of, this and this probably isn't necessarily so much it, but you know how people always refer to actors and actresses as a character they played? I think yeah. I feel like it makes it just that much more disrespectful. And it's not our fault, right? We mm-hmm. see Cassie Steele and we think Manny Santos. But, like, I would be really pissed if you could not associate anything else but me with this role and I wasn't getting paid. Right. And think about the generations after us who grew up watching it, but now all the people that would still recognize these people from Degrassi and they're really not getting paid for where they're even watching it. Right. Like, you're making so much money off of the show. And also, like, you can when you consider how things have evolved so much, there's no way in 2003 I would have known that my something I created would be on mm-hmm. a streaming services that people would continue to pay into. Mm-hmm. I, in 2003, we still had DVDs. And I wouldn't think that people would still be buying Degrassi on DVD. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I listened to this podcast and this woman used to be like an artist. She still is an artist, but she stepped out of like the music industry a bit because of it. But she was saying she signed her contract in like 2008 and then streaming services became a thing years later and it wasn't in her contract. So there was like no way for her to make money because you couldn't predict that streaming services were going to come out and she couldn't benefit off it because she was already in like a 360 deal. So even if people did have the inkling that streaming was going to exist, they wouldn't tell these people (laughs) because they want to fuck them over. That's nutty. Degrassi is literally everywhere. Again, I watch Degrassi for free on Tubi. So, like, that's wild because it's everywhere. No one's getting paid for it. I hate them all. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you ever listen to me outside of this <laughs> podcast, you know I hate streaming services. It's a scam. Yeah. Y'all are always raising the prices and you're not paying anyone for it. So really, where is the money going if not your pockets? Yeah. Um, my other lost file from last week, um, I realized after the fact, and a friend also texted me that Emma was talking about running miles in Canada, but they mm. used the metric system. So I don't know if that was like, you bitches down south are stupid and wouldn't understand <laughs> if she said it the way they actually yeah. say it. Or if there's like, um, I I can't imagine they actually talk about running miles. Because, I mean, in driving, everything is in kilometers. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was a, those are my lost files. You ready to go ahead and get started? Yes, let's get into it. All right. So this episode is divided nicely into two different plots. We'll start with plot B. Liberty is studying rock formations with Derek and Danny. When Derek, Danny, I don't know, double D, proposes (laughs) that they study together that evening. Later that evening, Liberty arrives home and her parents have the nerve to interrupt her rigid schedule with a conversation about her child's adoptive parents. The parents are moving to Seattle, which upsets Liberty due to the nature of their open adoption, which then sent me on a spiral about Caitlin and Tyler, of course, because what is the most famous open adoption we've seen in mm. front of our, our eyes? If you were me and you grew up watching Caitlin and Tyler. Um, so that's just when I added. I just think that by now, after we all watched or those of us who did watch Caitlin and Tyler's story on Teen Mom, we know that open adoption doesn't obligate the adoptive parents to do shit. Right. It just leaves them open to doing so if they want to, which really sucks for the people. Like, I like you could feel however you want about this, but Liberty seems to have been duped in her understanding of what an open adoption yeah. was, just like Caitlin and Tyler were. Uh, so it, it just kind of sucks in that way. Like, I yeah. get it, but... That's truly what they did to Caitlin and Tyler, who were too young to understand and did not have an advocate. Yeah. See, that's wild, too, because it seems like that in Liberty's case is what they're going with is she didn't have the understanding, but she heard open and was like, okay, this seems right. And again, Liberty was making decisions last minute, but also, yeah, because six months in is when she finally went to the doctor. So she was making any of these decisions post JT also selling drugs. So she probably just did what sounded the best. Yeah, I think I'm making a lot of assumptions, but I think so much of what we see is that, or what we may have seen, was that the adoption counselor, which I struggle to call that a counselor because it feels unethical, but anyway, the adoption representative really just needs a baby for a family. And so they presented Mm. that it's open, you can be involved in the child's life, but that is just not reality. So it's not like I'm just giving my baby to someone who will take care of them and I will still get to see them grow up. Yeah. It's, if they want to see your ass, but they ain't got to do shit. And if you're a weirdo, like no shade, Caitlin and Tyler were, like they had pretty terrible families. I probably wouldn't mm. want my child who I adopted around them either. Yeah, no, that's a good point, especially if you were trying to save them from that. So right. I know that that's what you're trying to do, right? Right. It's like, I, it, I don't want to hurt you, but you and I, I don't know their, I don't know any of these people, but I could imagine, assuming that these people are good people, though, they don't want the child they adopted to go down the same path as you, right? And 
the only thing I think that they can imagine is to remove them from that chaos. Regardless of what you think about Brandon and or Caitlin and Tyler, their parents were straight chaos. They were horrible. Absolutely. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want my, my child around your, your parents. No, absolutely not. They're horrible. Yeah, right. With good reasoning. That's why you also didn't want to have this child around them. Right. So, yeah, I think, I just think that the birth mothers or birth parents were probably and are probably being duped by these adoption representatives who have a sole purpose of finding a baby for a family. And that really sucks for them. And it also sucked for Liberty. Mm-hmm. But also, fuck Caitlyn and Tyler because they're anti-abortion. Anyway. <clears throat> I was going to give Liberty the Liberty at being upset with the situation because, <laughs> like, you can feel multiple things at once. But Liberty is acting all bitter because she gave up her rights. And I feel like her snippiness towards her parents is just misguided or misdirected. Because to the best mm-hmm. of my knowledge, they would have let her have bring that trifling-ass baby in their house. She gave the baby up for adoption because JT was out in the streets slinging clean heroin. And, like, well, really yeah. the only... The only thing working in her favor is the fact that she was a teen. It's like, yeah, y'all be irrational as fuck, so. Yeah, because again, all the decisions she was making was very quick, just like she decided to move into, uh, like, move in with JT and all that stuff, so. Right. It was interesting, though, because I feel like, again, this is a, a B plot, so they didn't even give Liberty, like, the justice she deserved to, like, go through her emotions because she's so like shoved into the background mm-hmm. um but like they barely let her like express herself because she was like oh yeah like i gave those rights up and then like the conversation was over and we like see her deal with the aftermath afterwards but i honestly feel like that the show could have had more depth into the conversation she had with her parents like right she wasn't talking to anyone she gave the baby up and then she went back to school you know and I just want to say that in future episodes, they have that girl at back at school with her nipples leaking. It was almost <laughs> as if Liberty had never been pregnant. That's wild. Yeah. And, well, but like, she went right back to what she wasn't drinking before. So we'll get into that after. <laughs> <laughs> she got right to it. Right. So Liberty says, I said my goodbyes to the baby when I gave him up. So I don't need to say goodbye again. Mm-hmm. Trauma. It's study night, and Double D, Derek, wants to ask Liberty about giving the baby up for adoption. Liberty is like, you can get the fuck out, you and your mama. But his mama wasn't there because he was adopted. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, Liberty puts on a better emotional response than Emma did in the last episode. Because, like, the acting was here, but here she is stuck in the B-plot, knowing good and well she really put her best acting foot forward. JT complains that he didn't get to finish the exam, and Liberty says... I never even started. Oh, let's skip. They go to take the test. All of that studying has gone down the drain for the emotional distress journey that we'll never know more about because it takes place in the background. Mm-hmm. Liberty really goes through it and don't nobody give that girl the time to shine. How sad. Liberty's parents are going in on Liberty for her poor performance in the exam and Danny tells them that it's time for them to leave so he and Derek can study. But we quick quickly learn that Danny wanted them out of the house because he had a porn DVD to watch. Um, somebody's here. <laughs> Can you hear her? Mm-hmm. She's at the door, shaking the doorknob. That is funny. <laughs> Say hi. Hi, sweet girl. Hi, 
Good night. Go get your bedtime story. But why did he leave the door open? <laughs> Girl, you they be doing anything. All right, so Danny got a porn DVD, and Liberty pulls out a bottle of whiskey, and she's like, let's toast to Albert Einstein. <laughs> there isn't a, a lot of logic involved what's going on, and honest, I, I get it, I get it, but why are we toasting to Albert Einstein? Girl, she don't know. What do you think they use as whiskey in that bottle? <laughs> Pepsi. Pepsi. Because it'd be flat, oh. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's got a lot going on, but for whatever reason, nobody calls Miss Sobey for her. All right. Yeah. I guess. I, I don't know. Miss Sobey did a lot for Paige. She did a lot for Ellie. But she did a lot for Darcy. But mm-hmm. yeah, Liberty over here giving the whole baby up for adoption and getting drunk and failing tests and not Nan. Okay. And JT was the only one to offer that for her too. The whole reason they ended up there is because of him. Right? And you know she, she gave that baby up for adoption. Where are the check-ins? Girl. So Liberty is downing this bottle of, of whiskey straight. And I don't know how. It's disgusting. Yeah. She does not strike me as a seasoned drinker. And I'm just like, how are we doing it? But not only is she drinking it straight, but it's at room temperature. Girl. So obviously she becomes very drunk. And Derek tries to take the bottle from Liberty while Danny just slits in the corner laughing at the whole ordeal. Next thing we know, Liberty's crying about how her baby's gone and she abandoned him. Derek explains to Liberty that his biological mom gave him a treasure chest. So he understood that she made her decision by need and not because she didn't want him. And we are next see Liberty and Danny um, putting together a treasure chest for the baby. And I guess we'll never hear from this baby again until maybe college. I don't know. Um, And also Liberty and Danny got grounded a month for the drinking incident. (laughs) Oh, child. Any questions, comments, concerns? Girl, I don't know what you watched. Uh this episode on but i don't know if the description is the same for everywhere but like on tubi it said that liberty was battling with her postpartum depression and i wonder if that was recently added or if that was ever originally the descriptor for this episode because i feel like the way that they discuss postpartum depression is new yeah girl i got it off of wikipedia whenever i did this and it definitely just said liberty is overcome with guilt over giving up her baby for adoption that's what i got yeah, to be over here saying that it was her postpartum depression. But again, they didn't give her any room to be a person for us to know that much. It's like you knew that everything she was going through was justified 110%. Mm-hmm. But they did not explain it well enough. No. Because they didn't give her the time to shine. Nope. And they honestly made it look like she wanted to throw that baby away. Yeah, they really did the way that they just had her, again, making these split decisions and then being like, well, whatever. And now suddenly the baby's moving and she is having a fit over it. Hmm. Well, that's out on that for me. Yeah, same. And now a word from our sponsors. All right, we're back for episode, nope, part (laughs) A, part A of this episode. (laughs) Um, the grade 12 crew is hanging out at the only venue where they know to hang out, and that is the dot. Marco is really stressed, and it leads Paige to bring up Dylan, and now Marco is stressed and bitter. Thank you, Ellie, for calling Marco out on his continued bitterness over last year, but I have a question. Of course, I always do. 
How long is too long to keep bringing up your bitterness over an ex? That's a good question. I guess it... Honestly, no one ever wants to hear that shit. But I guess it depends (laughs) on how long or, like, what they did. Because I would justify it if it was some, like, wild shit. But, like, if we go in past a couple months, honestly, I really need you to get a therapist because... (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I said, yeah. I might give you a year. I might qu- only quietly roll my eyes. But at some point, mm-hmm. I am going to ask you to work through your emotions with a therapist instead of with me. And I think it, of course, depends on what the level of disrespect or the infraction. Right. So, like, but if you are in a new happy relationship, I need you to stop mentioning resentment if the name of your ex is brought up. Like, I know Dylan cheated, but he didn't give Marco mm-hmm. any lingering STDs. And I think the grace period is over. We tired of hearing about it. Yeah. And on top of the fact, Paige is your best friend and that's her brother. So he's going to naturally come up in conversation. Um, I don't know how, like people call me the one time I have something to do during the week. Um, what was I saying? Oh, Dylan's going to naturally come up in conversation because that's your best friend's brother. So you really do need to know when to shut it off because mm-hmm. you, every time she brings it up, you can't say stuff. Like no, that's nobody what- want to hear it. Right. Like, I'm going to give Jimmy all the shit he talk about Spinner because the man can't walk. Right. Um, But I'm going to need Marco to let it go with Dylan. Especially if you want him back. So there I just shared that once I was considering names for my new dog and I mentioned to an acquaintance who um, she probably thinks that she's my friend. But anyway, I told her that I wanted to name the dog. We'll say Jackson. And this friend said she didn't like the name because it was the last name of a high school ex. First of all, at this time, we would have been 28 years old, and therefore, we would have been out for high school for 10 years. She had dated the guy maybe when she was 16, so let's say that it was 12 years ago. And by this point, she had been married to her still current husband for a year after having dated that man for six years. So that is to say that um, you should have been over some shit from high school and several exes ago. But there she was offering her unsolicited opinion about how she didn't like a very common dog name. And it wasn't Jackson, but it was a very common dog mm-hmm. name. And I was like, I I do consider myself to be a very strong holder of grudges. <laughs> but I actually don't give a fuck about exes. And I want y'all to have that piece. Yeah, that's funny, too, because, all right, girl, if your ex-boyfriend has the name of a that's common with dogs, that's your fault. Because what does that say about you? You should have known he was going to be trash. <laughs> you should have known he was a dog. Exactly. The proof is right there. Yeah. So... It's a bit, I yeah I think the grace period is over at some point in time you need to stop being bitter about somebody mm-hmm. if they if they didn't get your ass shot in the back and paralyzed you need to let that go right there are more important people or more important things going on yeah now it's okay to say you don't like them mm-hmm. it's okay to stay away from them but nobody wants to hear you keep bringing them up that's I think that's the part that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I was clear. You ain't got to be their best friend. You ain't even got to <laughs> hang around them. But we ain't trying to hear about this shit. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. No. Anyway, so Marco claims he's over Dylan when in walks his stalker. Alex's words, not mine. Tim. Nothing to test whether or not Marco is really over Dylan than by throwing him onto somebody new. Who doesn't really seem that interested in dating. Like, Marco does not seem interested in Tim, and that's fair, because neither am I. (laughs) But speaking of Tim, where is he living? Because didn't he get kicked out of his house? 
Right. And suddenly he has a boyfriend and he's out with Marco. Like, child, I got questions. And Degrassi doesn't give me the answers, even in the A plot. They don't. And this is his last episode, too. So we'll really never find out. (laughs) Tim runs off to grab some food when Dylan shows up to pick up Paige. Marco tells Dylan that he's not welcome to sit down because his boyfriend, well, that escalated quickly, is seated there. (laughs) The scene is awkward for everybody involved. And the greatest news in this whole charade is that Marco is not wearing cornrows. <laughs> the next day at school, Paige says it's time for them to let loose. They've studied enough and now they need to go out and have some fun at a gay club called The Other Team. Paige asks Marco if he will bring Tim to the club that he's apprehensive to do so because he would be Tim's first serious boyfriend before university. Which isn't a bad point because Marco mm-hmm. maybe wasn't Dylan's first serious boyfriend, but Dylan was Marco's first serious boyfriend before yes. Dylan went off to university. So smart to say, I don't want to repeat the same mistake that Dylan made. Yeah. I feel like he was really reflecting on his own relationship there or like his past one. And that he was pretty much like not wanting history to repeat itself. But also I feel like in that moment, Marco probably felt like it was his fault because he was trying to be serious with someone that was going off to college. So Marco was like, I can't even like put Tim through that. But why are you putting Tim through any of this? Because y'all were just friends and now you just made him your boyfriend because and you don't know how to be cordial with someone that you used to date. You know so what I mean? So now you got to make him homeless and, and broken up hearted. <laughs> right. For what? You really done ruined his life, if I'm being honest, but go oh. on. So now Paige starts pushing a newly single Dylan onto him. And Dylan is super apologetic for what he did. Marco is still obviously hurt by Dylan. So Paige tells Marco... Well, if you're really ready to move on, you need to act like it and stop talking shit about my brother. And honestly, she doesn't even phrase it like that. Like, she doesn't give a fuck about Dylan, but she's Mm -hmm. tired about hearing about him, too. Right. I don't understand why any of this matters to Paige, though. But, like, I was probably minding everybody's business but my own when I was their age. Because I'd be minding everybody's business but my own now. I'm just a little bit more covert about it. (laughs) So Marco's getting to know Tim at the club with his greasy-ass mop on his head. When Dylan arrives, Dylan is eager to get back together with Marco, and he tells Marco that he misses him and admits that he made a huge mistake. Dylan is all broody and pouting when Marco kisses Tim to seal the deal right in Dylan's face. Marco is filling Ellie in on the tea the next morning when he receives an email from Dylan. But instead of ignoring the email, as you would do if you were really over someone mm-hmm. marco storms into dylan's home to yell at him you came all the way to my place to tell me not to email you dylan is rightfully tickled because he realizes they are not even close to being over which is exactly why that person you want to go away won't leave you alone because you keep giving them attention so think about this the next time somebody texts you and you're like why do they keep texting me stop texting back literally block them do not tell them that you're not going to text them just stop And it'll take a while. I think it took me two years to get rid of a man. But um, eventually. (laughs) Dylan tells Marco that he's home for the summer because of Marco. He still loves them. But Marco's like, I'm out of here. At school, Tim gifts Marco with a four-leaf clover before exams. Wow, how sweet and considerate. Paige invites Marco to movie night. And Marco says he'll bring Tim and some chips. But Dylan will be out at hockey practice. Surprise, surprise, Marco and Tim arrive and Dylan isn't out playing hockey. Instead, he's taking off his shirt to show off his tattoo to his friends. Girl. 
child, because the way I was going to say, Dylan is getting on my last nerves because he refuses to take no for an answer. Right. And why are you taking, like, I know why, but like, why? You know what I mean? You're taking off your shirt to show your friend your tattoo as he's leaving. Also, why the hell does Marco keep bringing Tim places that Dylan's going to be? Even if Paige says he's not going to be there, I need you to understand he's going to be there. Because the club they went to is a club that Dylan took him to. Why would you take your new man there? And of course, you're going to see him there. He's home. He ain't got nothing to do. Of course, he's going to be there. He's going to be waiting for you because he now knows that you and your boyfriend are coming over because that's your sister. You're his sister's best friend. And you're still bringing Tim. Please stop. He's so stupid. Dylan gets very symbolically goes all in for the game of poker that he pressured Marco to join. Next thing I know, they're arguing and Dylan says... He's not going to keep beating himself up because Marco is playing it safe. Dylan did this to himself, though. Like, he cheated on Marco. Girl. He could have just left Marco alone as well. Because it's not even just that he cheated on Marco. It's that he keeps pushing himself onto Marco and then getting mad that Marco is saying, please leave me alone. Yeah. You could have kept your shirt on. You could have let him go downstairs to the basement to watch a movie. Yes, and you didn't have, like... You didn't have to talk to him at that club. And you probably went to that club because Paige said that you were going, that they were going. It's like y'all are both setting yourselves up for failure. Yeah. Like, please just go talk somewhere and leave everyone else out of it. I guess that's what's really bothering me this episode is they keep doing all these things in front of people instead of just having a conversation. Yeah, I agree. So Tim calls Dylan out for being crazy and out of line. And Tim is not wrong. Marco hears all of this logic, but he still breaks up with Tim in the midst of this poor little boy making plans for them to make their relationship work next year. Sounds very much like Marco. Go back to your stupid, lying, cheating ex. Because you know what, Marco? You were perfect for him. Marco tells Dylan that if Dylan ever hurts him again, he doesn't finish the statement and we'll never find out or we will find out because Marco doesn't do shit. Because guess what? (laughs) Spoiler alert, Dylan does hurt Marco again, and Marco doesn't do shit about it. But they kiss now, so I guess they're back together. Hooray. Yeah, ain't nobody excited about this except, I don't know, Craig, because he loves that you gays can get married. (laughs) Uh, My moral is that uh, open adoptions don't mean shit for the bio parents. That's a good one. Mine was break up with him. Mm, there it and is. That was for Tim. And stay broken up. <laughs> yeah. Stay broken up. Block him too. Break up with him. Block him. And don't return. I'm always a big fan of I move forward, not backwards. So I might be friendly with someone, but we, we're not. I mean, and I say this as someone who's a whole left married. So who am I entertaining? <laughs> but I also use this. I'm not entertaining old friends either. Yeah. We move forward, not backwards. Yeah. And again, you don't have to involve other people in that. Yeah. Any other questions, comments, or concerns? Um, Nope. I think that's all I have. Let's see. Well, I guess if I forget anything, I will add that to my lost files and comments for next week's episode. Next on Degrassi, the students prepare for Degrassi's 50th anniversary variety show with Manny in charge. Spinny, Spinner, Spinny, 
makes the mistake <laughs> of lying to a jealous Darcy about his sexual past with Manny, causing issues in their relationship. Paige and Alex's relationship comes to an end when Paige becomes too controlling about Alex's future after graduation. That bitch was hella nosy and controlling. In the special 100th episode, graduation has arrived for the class of 2006, when two of their former classmates were removed for the celebratory event. After his night with Paige, Spinner is torn after Darcy tells him that she wants to get back together. Jimmy has to repeat his senior year. They just told the whole episode. After missing too much school while recovering from being shot and wonders if his feelings for Ellie are requited. That wraps this week's episode of Below the Dot Podcast. If you enjoyed your listen, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username Below the Dot. Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts or email us at whateverittakes385 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back this time next week, whatever it takes.